We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is sadly a loser Monday out here in uh, Broncos country out here in Seattle. I am Nick Kendall joined by Scott Kennedy. This is Broncos for Breakfast. Scott, I hope you had a better sports weekend than me after seeing my uh, Iowa Hawkeyes cross the 50-yard line, I think, once in that game, losing to Michigan 26-0 even despite the defense giving up the lowest yards per play in Jim Harbaugh's tenure as a Michigan head coach, shout out to Iowa's defense because what else can we do? Uh, And also the Broncos, of course, losing in a riveting, but heartbreaking fashion, you know, down 13 to three and then storming back, you know, refing was Lord only knows what was going on this week with the, uh, the officiating and somehow it keeps getting worse. It feels like, and this was one, at least I guess we can say refing was terrible on both sides. uh, But Welcome in, Scott. How was your weekend? Hopefully better than my sports weekend. Well, Chelsea won. That's where my fandom was. So uh, they won with 10 guys, and I spent time yelling at the officiating. And not even so much the officiating as the announcers who were questioning the officiating. I'm like, what the hell are you watching? You know, it's like the ball skips to a receiver. He says, oh, it looks like you have control to me. I'm like, what are you watching, man? The thing just bounced twice before it got there. Mm-hmm. My daughter actually said, you know, they can't hear you, right? She came, you know, downstairs and yelled at me. I said, yeah, but it feels better. My my head might pop off otherwise. Lots of Falcons fans have joined us from our last pod, so we apologize for being late. Welcome in, y'all. Be respectful. Let's talk some Broncos. We'll talk some playoffs, all kinds of things. And I promise, Nick, I was yes. going to call you out on something. Yes, let's hear it. I'll, I'll, I'll... Before we even get to anybody in the chat, let's get on it. What's, yeah, what's going on? I promised on? I was going to call you out on something on this, but I actually have the counter argument also. Okay. Um, you've been dogging the NFC all year. Okay. All year. Once you get past Philly, once you get past San Francisco, the drop off is precipitous. It's bad. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, let's take a look at the AFC now and let's start stacking them up by seeds. Because, like I said, the uh, the counter-argument on this is because the Bills and Cincinnati Bengals have dropped off, you've kind of elevated some teams that just aren't that good anymore. So again, you go, you go Miami, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Chiefs. Okay, pretty good. I go Philly, 49ers, Detroit, Cowboys. Okay, you know, that's solid. 
Well, what comes after that? Since that's where the NFC has been so bad, Nick, so bad. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans. Meh. That's what I have to say about that. So I go Atlanta Falcons, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, LA Rams, Seattle Seahawks as my nine. They match up pretty evenly right now. The beast of the AFC ain't it right now because of some of the injuries and because because specifically the Chargers have fallen off in a big way. The Steelers are just mid and the Browns losing their quarterback. They're just okay. They're okay. But because of the Bills and Bengals falling off, that has really hurt the strength and depth of the AFC. The well, AFC I mean, like, and the NFC, the top 10 match up pretty fairly. I think the AFC is still a little bit better at the tippy top, but it is closer than I thought. And one thing you did not mention here is that the the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs are gettable. Uh, I know we often talk about trenches matter and defense and quarterback, but Scott, I'm coming. I mean, you need teams, you need guys everywhere. And the Chiefs right now are so terrible at the playmaker position. They have nobody. I mean, Patrick, I feel bad. I mean, there's other guys who have this issue too, but I mean, the Chiefs are absolutely dreadful in the weapons right now, uh, especially with Travis Kelsey. looks like his son is beginning to set a tad, uh, if you will. So uh, yeah, the Chiefs are also not the absolute powerhouse uh, that we thought they could be coming into the season. So honestly, outside of the 49ers, is there anybody that is a super power team right now? I feel like there's just not a lot of teams that are without a doubt, you know, blowing teams out. And there are three, three of their four losses. You got the Broncos and then three NFC teams, Mm -hmm. you know, including at the Packers, the Packers are playing. And I guess I probably didn't even mention them. I think the team that I had in the playoffs, when I ran through all this stuff, who's starting to play some pretty good ball, watch out for the Rams. Mm-hmm. the Rams in the NFC can make a move. And I think they're going to end up being a playoff team at the end. Certainly possible. Uh, yeah, it's a, it'll be an interesting. I really do not think there's a, uh, this, there's a lot of mediocrity in the NFL this year. The, which AFC has, is, uh, the, the bills or six and chiefs. I mean, I'm sorry, the bills and the Bengals are expected to be great. You know, two of the top five or six teams in the NFL. And they're not, they're not no. this year. Um, no. The chiefs, I'm, I'm not counting the chiefs out. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying they're not as daunting. Uh, but if as I go four seed with them, Chiefs and Cowboys on a neutral site right now, what do you think? I think it'd be a hell of a football game. I, yeah, let me see. I don't know, but I just want to be entertained, and I would be. Uh, just keep punching. Good to see you. We got Naj coming into the 1999. Naj, the energy bringer, says, Hey, brothers, we watched the game several times last night. Painful. Well, you must love pain, Naj, because, man, that was a, a heart-wrenching game. Love the heart of the team. Don't want to be a Monday morning QB, but Judy was wide open on multiple plays, particularly on second and gold on to next week. Go Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos are going to go back. And I think Sean Payton said it in the post game press conference, uh, that they did not play very well, very clean. And in the film review, that's going to happen today with the, uh, the team back in Denver, there's going to be a lot of kicking themselves, a lot, a lot of missed opportunities and self-inflicted wounds across the board. Um, I think you can almost point to every single player, every single unit, uh, as far as missed opportunities. Uh, there was good and bad uh, all around, but uh, in the end, Houston did just enough more to win this game and kept saying it, Scott. Um, I got some pushback from it, but the turnover luck. Eventually, that ball is going to bounce otherwise. That tip ball is going to go the other direction. You just cannot keep winning the turnover battle. Plus three, well, those uh, those chickens came home to roost. Broncos lose this turnover battle. By negative three, they don't take the ball away a single time in this one. If they did, 
might be a different result. Uh, and Denver loses the game 22 to 17 in a hard fought game, probably the team's toughest uh, game the rest of the season, but now they are backed into a corner, one more loss and it might be curtains for this team. Yeah. You can still get in at 11 and six, but now you're going to have to go. Where are they right now? Six and six, five yep. games left. So now you're gonna have to go five and zero on the way, on the way back. Notch, thank you for the support, my friend. You came in big last night, mm-hmm. keeping the energy going. The Broncos will be in every single game the rest of the way. The problem is the Broncos will be in every single game the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned in the gut reaction last night, if you keep playing these close games, eventually the ball's not gonna go your way. You know, you win four out of five of those. That's really, really good. Yeah. You can't expect to play five games like that. The offense is going to – we'll get into this, Nick, because watching the game, re-watching the game, the offense and Russell Wilson, they weren't bad. And I'll, I'll argue for that and, and some key plays in this that happened in that game to back my point on this, that the offense, we said going in, the offense is going to have to step up and win a game for you. Man, they were this close on a couple of these. that The, the opportunities were there. Um Appreciate you, Naj. Uh, I like to mention bias all the time. And this isn't a call out, JC. This I just happened to see this one. Uh, appreciate you coming in. It says, I think what's being missed about yesterday's game is the Texans were less than five yards away from losing this game. That's with the turnover battle, plus two for them. I, I think they're a little suspect. I think they're a good team. I think the Denver Broncos are a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's saying that Houston Texans belong in the in the Super Bowl or you know are competing with the upper echelon. But I think from that back half of teams competing for a wild card, I think they're they're legit. They're in there. They're a good middle-of-the-pack team. And considering we're thinking of them as 30-31-32 coming into the season, they have wildly overachieved this season. But when I mentioned bias, I started ticking on plays that the Texans missed by the skin of their teeth that would have put the game away early. Mm-hmm. And those are the type of things that we forget as fans. Oh, if Russell Wilson had just eating that ball at the very end and maybe thrown one more pass, we win or, you know, a draw play to catch him off guard. Or if the pass interference that we didn't get in the beginning oh, if only of those happened. Well, John Mechie doesn't catch a, you know, drop a walk-in touchdown at the end of the first half. Um, you know, those are the type of things we forget when we're talking about one player this way or the other. We always think of our own. So this was an even game. Yep. Both teams had their chances. Both teams missed some chances. And it just came out to go against you this time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and thank you, JC Lehman. Uh, good morning. Good, happy Monday to you. Let's say hello to some more folks in the chat. Jeremy Sean says, morning, boys. Trying to keep perspective. If we played like that in September, we'd have been blown out. In de- December, we were on the one jump all wall. One jump all away from a win on the road. This is clear improvement. Yeah, the team has definitely improved. Mike, Mike coming in and says, Russell Wilson giveth and he taketh away. He can't throw that ball and hope for a prayer. Throw it out of bounds and you still had one more shot. Oh, man. And th- I think the throw was poor as well, but so was some of the uh, the pocket stuff there, why he bailed. I mean, he kind of classic Russell Wilson giveth and taketh away. He put himself in position to be pressure and made it harder on his offensive line. Uh, I will say that I'm very much a proponent that most that sacks are very much a quarterback stat versus a purely offensive line stat. But uh, the Broncos talk about a Jacqueline Hyde from the offensive line this week, especially in the first half after having an amazing performance uh, last week against the Browns, which are just, you know, incredible defense uh, Denver, especially in the first half looked pretty poor and man, Houston looks very smart <laughs> trading up for that bad man, Will Anderson, who just abused whoever he went against this week. He was on Russell Wilson almost every play. Uh, I thought the offensive line for Denver, it's not always, you know, 100% on them. Russell Wilson needs to protect the ball as well and uh, get rid of it, not, you know, take those big sacks. Uh, But I thought the offensive line had a pretty poor performance overall this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that. Again, I think, let's, let's, I'll just, I'll get into it real quick. Um, You know, we've talked about the offense is going to have to start stepping up. And part of that is hitting some of those shots downfield to loosen up the front end of the defense on my on my count nick russell wilson i saw him throw the ball really on air four times and for my money on rough from russell wilson he was four for four okay first one post to Cortland sutton actually five because one was a touchdown i didn't even count that one five for five post to Cortland sutton that he drops early that was either the first or second drive that's a, that changes the game second a little play. bit second, second play, play. The first play was a deep shot that he shouldn't have thrown. It was a double coverage. It was a bad throw. Okay. It was a poor decision. This one was a good throw. Cortland yes. probably should have caught it. That's when I started yes. catching was right there. What started okay. counting was like, okay, that's. They went back-to-back shots. In the okay. First Sutton the catches that one most of the time, and it changes the game. It changes the way the mentality of the defense is attacking. Mm-hmm. The next one I remember, so as I'm counting these, was the uh, the long ball to Marvin Mims. That was clearly pass interference. Now, remember, I keep receipts, Broncos fans, about Kareem Jackson. And if any single one of you said, it wasn't called a penalty, I don't know what the problem was. And I said to you, let's let's put that in your back pocket. Well, it wasn't called a penalty. What was the problem? Because they friggin' missed it. 
That was the problem. That was clearly pass interference. It would have been first and goal. You ended up punting instead. That's at least three points. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, you know, the the hit, there was a hit to Cortland Sutton for the touchdown. Uh, there was a long ball to Jerry Judy that was caught. That was uh that was that was four for four. And I, I feel like I'm forgetting one um in in my as I'm going through these because the shots that Russell Wilson took downfield, they only counted two of them as catches. One of them should have been caught, and one of them should have been an interference. That changes the game. Yeah. Those those change the game. So Again, it just wasn't your day. It, it just it just wasn't. Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Cooper falling on a ball that squirts out his armpit. It just it wasn't your day. And that happens. That's why you can't lose. That's why you can't start one and five. And this is one thing where we said when the turnover luck and you make your own luck to an extent with turnovers, but the way the ball was bouncing, uh, this one you had some where the the first interception from Russell Wilson. Hell of a play again, Will Anderson. There's that man again. Uh, tips the ball and it changes. It almost makes it like a slider on the on the uh, the football there on an out to Jerry Judy. It changes the trajectory and it's right into the hands of a defensive cornerback. Not a bad decision by Russ. I think just a really good play by the defensive player. Uh, that's for interception number one. Interception number two. I personally think he could have thrown a little bit uh, higher and deeper, but Derek Stingley, former number three overall pick made an unbelievable play uh, coming across the field from the right side to take the ball away from Cortland Sutton. Again, maybe a slightly better throw makes it where Stingley doesn't have a chance, but sometimes the guys on the other side make a play. And when you're trying to be aggressive, uh, things can happen when you got playmakers on the back end and Stingley did something there. That last one, guess it's on Russell Wilson, but the situation is tough and dire. Uh, The stats will show that Wilson was poor with the interceptions today. I think more so the issue was the down-to-down efficiency and hitting the open guys on a timely manner. Uh, But the interceptions themselves, I think each one was, besides the last one, I think you can have some discussion around them. So, yes, Wilson almost doubled his interception output on the season in this game, uh, showing how well they've protected the ball, and the Broncos come away with no takeaways in this one. That's probably what, in the end of the day, what loses the game. I think a team that wins the turnover battle by 3-plus wins football games 95% of the time. In the NFL, I think I think I just looked it up Mm -hmm. recently. I think it was 95. Um, But uh, yeah, this is this was a tough one in the end. I think Houston was the better team uh, overall and they won the game. But Denver is right there with them. And you don't miss the playoffs because you lose this game. You miss the playoffs because you're one and five start. You still got a chance down the stretch. And Denver wasn't going to continue winning the turnover battle by plus three every single game uh, the rest of the season and going undefeated. You got this one out. You played it tough. You fought back again, resilient. You had a chance at the end. Obviously, you would rather win in the end, uh, but it's hard to be too, way too upset about this from a small micro perspective, just looking at this singular game. Big picture, we have some things to talk about, but just looking at this game, it was a tough fought one. You lost. There's, there's a lot of reasons you lost. And Scott, you said that the offense themselves, you were not uh, super upset with. Maybe Russell Wilson, you said. I think the turnovers, I agree with you on that one. Um, would have been better to not have that one, those ones. You had some missed opportunities. There's the fourth down where Jerry Judy's freaking wide open to the left. It'd have been a touchdown. The Marvin Minns interception, Scott. I know it should have been called not the non uh pass interference. It should have been interference. I know it should have been called. The throw was late. The throw was too uh underthrown. A bit underthrown. Oh, he was so oh, if you get it there a second earlier, there's nobody within 20 yards of him. Uh what Still it's pass a touchdown. Interference. It should have been pass interference, but it should Still have been pass a interference, which changes yeah. the game. 
of course, but he never should have even been in that situation because he was that open. You got to make that read, uh, especially because they were dialed up. These were dialed up. There. Hey, hello, that Michael. was the read. Michael's been hanging out. Michael, hello. Good morning. You, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Michael, it's good to see you. Uh, Richard coming in with a super. He says, had a five-game winning streak. We'll have one till week 18. If And, and then you're good. Then you're 11 and six. If Russ has mm -hmm. a positive TD interception ratio, it's hard to win with a negative TD interception ratio with any quarterback. Absolutely. Richard, there's no way you can win five in a row. Let me try this again. <laughs> you already had five game winning streak. There's no way you can win five in a row. Okay, I've done my part. I've done my part to uh, to to put the curse on me to sound like a well, even more of an idiot. So uh, to try and get that, but thank you for the support, my friend. Um, appreciate you coming in. And, and what I was saying, Nick, was the shots that they were taking. I thought were positive shots. They were controlled shots. That had for me positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, did did it show up on the stat sheet or you know, no drop ball? That stuff shows up on the stat. Sheet. That's a positive. That's a positive shot. That's the one I think. As we were talking about what these offense needs to do, it's what we started expecting. Mm -hmm. You just you gotta. If I if I am winning or losing. Based on Cortland Sutton making an open catch downfield, I'm going to win a lot more games than I'm going to lose. I'll take that. Yep. And it was a, uh, well, do you want to give a shout out again to, I haven't done it yet today, but uh, I think the offensive game plan within the parameters of how you are limited to rust ball to an extent in the style of play, I think they are doing a good job scheming open shots uh, right now. And, does is Russell Wilson always getting to that shot? No. Is it the open man? No, it's a lot of, you know, one read check down half field, the high, low concepts there. And, or even at the end of the game, it's one read or a tuck and run uh, for Russell Wilson, but it's, um, it's mostly working, uh, for the offense. Now, Scott, I do want to push back a little bit as far as the offense was good today. Now I will excuse the turnovers to an extent. And I agree with you that some of the deep shots were good, but Oh, for 11, on third downs in this game where you weren't constantly way behind the sticks. It wasn't like, you know, penalties left and right, or, you know, you're getting negative tackles for loss. I can't imagine the third down would have been this. Your average yards to go on third down would have been crazy. And to go Oh, for 11 in this game against the entering today, the 24th ranked pass defense of the Houston Texans. That's not good enough. That's not no, nearly and, good. And enough. I don't care what your average is, but what do you know? The average, I never saw it. I don't they usually put them out there. What the average you go? I bet it was seven plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You think so? Because the sacks early on, because okay. you couldn't run the ball. The, your your most effective runner was Russell Wilson. Um, you know, and some of those were design runs. So I bet you were third and seven a lot. Even still, you should have at worst been three for eleven on mm -hmm. some of those. You still have to hit some of those. The downfield passing game, the intermediate passing game just does not exist for this it, team. No. It, no. They, I said they started taking some shots to loosen up the front of the, of the offense, and unfortunately, you didn't hit them. They were there. One reason or another, you didn't hit them, whether it was pass interference 
or uh, you know, or a drop pass or whatnot. But the intermediate passing game is non-existent. It's dump off, and now we've instituted the long ball. All right, well, where's where's the 15-yard first down or I'm sitting at first and 20 after a holding penalty or whatnot, and I just need to get half of it back? Where are the dig routes? Mm-hmm. Where are the, the, the quick seams? Does that come with, one, Jerry Judy's not getting the ball for one reason or another, speaking of body language, and I just went through a bunch of Falcons I've had enough with. About had it with I, I'm about ready to say Jerry Judy's days are numbered in Denver. And is it the lack of a tight end receiving threat? I think that's part of it, but I also think part of it is Russell Wilson. Um, I want to give it. I, I want to give a shout out to Warren Sharp on this one because he said uh, analyzing the Broncos, touching a lot of bits that we've been touching on in here, but uh, emphasizing it. But uh, he said he made an analogy that really stuck with me. It's like the Broncos have become a uh, NBA team that discovered analytics, and now all they do are layups or three pointers. That is what the Broncos passing game is right now. Right. It is, or they discovered how good home runs are. And it doesn't matter if you really strike out as long as you're hitting home runs. There I disagree absolutely- with that in modern day baseball too, by the way. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's kind of like what the offense looks like for the Broncos right now. There are no doubles. Everything is either a single strikeout or a home run, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. And part of that is because of your limitations with the quarterback position. Not that it's bad being limited with Russ, but there's a specific path that you have to walk to function offensively with Wilson. Uh, and it's really hard to do when you fall behind 13 to three. Uh, but yeah, it was a, a, a tough game, no doubt. And we're going to have a lot of questions and big questions as well. I'm actually surprised coming out of this game. Um, a lot of people are, you know, like, Oh, move on from him, release Wilson. He's terrible. I think he's limited without a doubt to uh, what you have to do. But I think that with the cap ramifications and we've seen enough good management this season that are you just outright moving on from him with the unknown beyond it's, we're going to have some tough decisions this offseason. I don't think Sean's having a great time with uh, the offense right now, considering it's so detached from what we've seen from Peyton historically, from the onus on the quarterback post-snap, uh, so to speak. But we still got five games to figure it out, and this was one that you were just right there. A couple more bounces your way. Hopefully it'll be a little better, and this is probably your toughest game left on the schedule. But first, we got $20 Super Chat coming in here from Just Keep Punching Out W., uh, thank you so much. Happy Monday morning to you. Hope you're doing well. He says, I asked a couple weeks back if there's any concerns Russell Wilson under throwing the football with jury duty pass interference call. Now we can all be concerned because those issues regular, uh, uh, they, they were big time issues this week. I think some of it is that teams in the NFL today, when you have a guy wide open, you're almost coached to underthrow it a bit because either your guy makes a play on the ball, he comes down with it, or uh, he comes down with a making a play on the ball. It's incomplete or it's a pass interference mm-hmm. where if you overthrow it, it's a much harder situation. You have guys that are going to miss it completely. Uh, maybe you're losing some touchdown chances, but I think the probability of coming down with it is much higher. If you slightly underthrow it versus slightly overthrow it. Right. That said time and place uh, when Marvin Mims is that wide open, I'd rather you just throw it to him and give him a chance to walk in <laughs> touchdown. Um, but yeah, I think there is uh, something to it, but I think it's an emphasized point across the NFL. No, you're, you're right. What you cannot do in a situation of a wide open receiver who's gotten behind the defense is overthrow him. You, you got to give him a chance, you know, so he has no chance if you overthrow him. So if you're going to err, I err by slightly under throwing him. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, both of those should have been pass interference. Yep. Uh, one of them was the second one was pass interference that wasn't called. So, and your, your first and goal at the seven or so, if you get that call, Yep. Um, 
again, the Should announcer corrected him. himself when he saw the replay because I'm coming out of my seat. I'm like, okay, uh, what, what what happened here? And I was just like, oh, let's take a good play and watch the replay. He's like, never mind. <laughs> exactly, never mind. Concern, maybe, maybe. And, and, and it comes out late. To Nick's point, it's almost always underthrowed because if I can throw the ball 60 yards, it takes me three and a half seconds to get there, and it's going to take two seconds to get down there. A guy can run 60 yards in five and a half seconds. Yeah. You know, so – it's uh, it's it's coached that way. You you'd much rather have it underthrown than overthrown. You'd much rather have it on the on the on the money. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, hell, his best throw of that bunch was the one that that Sutton dropped. And again, if yeah. I'll take that, but play ninety nine times out of a hundred to Sutton, he's he's not dropping that. It's too easy for him. He's only been making the tough catches. That one, including the one he made for the touchdown, was pass interference called on that one. Thanks for calling that one when he had it. He <laughs> that was a tough catch. Yes. this one was too easy. Too yep. easy. Had too much time to think about it. Just keep punching out. Appreciate you with the uh, the uh, the new name because I think you were probably Minnesota. You're next. So who's next now? The Broncos. They got the Chargers next. Chargers. You're next. So appreciate the support, even though you keep changing your name. I'm going to make sure you're in the running for the the jersey on that because uh, I feel like we you might we might lose you when you change your name on that. Sato yeah. boy coming in $5 with a super sticker. Thank you, my friend. Certainly a big help to the show and what we do here in the mornings. And he also continues there uh, with a super sticker. We'll get you after you get that. It says two biggest weaknesses on this team, offensive line and no tight end middle of the field threat. I agree with you that the lack of a tight end is certainly hurting this offense, but I don't know if it's as much the middle of the field threat. Cause again, it is this Russell Wilson style football where it's not this quick timing based offense. You're not going to see the Wes Welker type, so to speak really be great. And it's one reason that I think Jerry Judy is frustrated is because I see him cooking his guy and he's looks to be a part of the read. And instead of Russell Wilson getting it to him, he's opting for the check down or trying to escape the pocket. Uh, Again, some of it's just stylistic. We are, we know who we are right now. Uh, but the tight end, I think it's more of an issue in terms of the the dump off and yak ability. Uh, where when you are getting to that check down, having somebody who can actually do something yak wise from the tight end position is just non existent when you don't have Dolcech, when it's like Troutman or whoever's out there. You just, there's no ability to make the, the layup an explosive or a chunk play when you have no athleticism really at the tight end spot. Uh, and as far as the offensive line goes, I think the offensive line is still probably somewhere in the 12th to 15th best in the NFL. Uh, you're always going to have issues with the uh, pass protection with Glinchy on the edge. Uh, but I don't think that uh, they are horrible to the extent that they are outright losing games for the Broncos. I think if you, let's say you had, let's say Scott, we flipped Kirk cousins, uh, how he was playing the season for Russell Wilson, the offensive line, I think in pass protection would look significantly better because we'll, uh, how Cousins plays within the pocket and helps his offensive line, which you don't see from Russell And I thought he had been better um, the last few weeks. And again, this was a bad offensive line game, but a lot of it still from the offensive line, the fan base's offensive line perception, I think is because of how hard Wilson makes it on that line, running into pressures, escaping clean pockets, not climbing uh, when there is space in front of him, opting to try to go out the back end and be the Russell Wilson of 2007, where he is that athlete in space. Not that anymore. We need to figure out how to play better in structure. Saw it very well versus the Browns. Didn't see it as well this week. And that's the one um, that you just hit on on the last part of it for me. Watching these two guys, watching these two quarterbacks, and I said, okay, I've got a young athletic quarterback and I got an older quarterback. If I didn't know who which was which, I would have thought they were opposites. I would have thought 
that Russell, that CJ Stroud, what I'm trying to say is CJ Stroud does a much better job of stepping into the pocket and being patient and letting the play still develop like a veteran where the Russell Wilson, the young athletic type quarterback will look to bail at first sign of pressure, which is what he's still doing. Now you've watched him a lot more with Seattle than I did. That's kind of who he is. He's never been a step up and be patient type of thrower. Can he be, you know, can't, can't, I saw him do it once in the, after I, you know, made this mental note that, wow, CJ Stroud's doing a great job of stepping out uh, up with the edge rushers coming from the outside, basically having his linemen, you know, where he's almost brushed up against him, but he's still standing there, eyes downfield. He's not looking to bail on it. Where Russell Wilson, as soon as it starts to collapse, his head comes down, his eyes come down, and he spins out and tries to get outside right away, which is going to take away some of those digs and some of those mm -hmm. comebacks on that. And then you're looking for that home run ball. That's just, just kind of who he is, isn't it? We are seeing the full Russ experience. Uh, looks pretty anemic, uh, hunting big plays uh, still in this game, which I appreciate it again. Coming into this, Houston had the 24th EPA per play passing defense, but I think the fifth rush defense. Uh, but yeah, he, not always the best in complementing the offensive line, but you're going to have to live with that. And I think Sean Payton understands that as well, given what we've seen from how the offense has evolved uh, here uh, over the second half of the season. And there's going to be limitations, but there's also going to be unbelievable plays as well. Hopefully in the end, though, you'll be a little bit better on third down. You'll run the ball a little more effectively, and you won't get down in a hole. Uh, this is a style of play that really works well when the game is tight or you have a lead and you can be playing off of the run game, playing off of the run action, heavy personnel, making sure the other team is in base, and then taking those shots off a of play action. When you fall behind and you have to become a shotgun Pass first oriented. There's no question about it. Uh, the pass, the pass rushers on their side are pinning their ears back, and it gets ugly. Uh, so this is a game. The Broncos really. You say this every for every team. You know, we can play much better when we're for a position of strength, and we can dictate. The Broncos from a pure drop back. They know they're passing. Have to play catch up. Passing game. Russell Wilson struggles with that. It just is what it is. He's like the anti Dak Prescott in that regard from the mental drop back shotgun full field read general uh, offense. Um, so hopefully it'll be a little bit better going forward. It was unfortunate to see that one, but I did want to say hello to some more super chats coming in here. James Todd, just think if we'd have won versus the Raiders, Commanders, and Jets, we'd be first in our division. This season is becoming a what-if season for me. Every team can do that to some extent, uh, no doubt. But yeah, those three games really stand out to me that if you'd have won one of those even, you'd be sitting there with your 64% playoff odds. It'd actually probably be even higher than that since the Browns, the Steelers, and the somebody else lost. Uh, this week as well in that uh, AFC hunt. So the Broncos Chiefs, Chiefs <laughs> lost too. Yeah, you'd be, yeah, the Chiefs, that's, there's another team in the AFC wildcard hunt. I think that lost, but uh, yeah, this is a, uh, a what if, and they're going to be looking back on all those games and this Houston game as a man, if we'd have done this one thing a little differently, we'd be in the driver's seat, but that's the NFL baby, right? That's how a lot of these teams feel. We, we talk about that. Thank you, James. But yeah, as, you. as James mentioned this and, you know, listening to you, you speak and make your point, I'm thinking, okay, that's fine and all, but has anybody really made an in-season turnaround? I thought of two teams that came to mind that have not mirrored necessarily because no one's been as drastic could turn around as Denver, but I thought of two teams who started off really slow and now could make the playoffs. Uh, and they're both in the NFC. Who, who, who am I thinking of, Nick? The Packers are for sure one of them. Um, that one comes to mind for me immediately. And then probably the Rams. 
And the Rams. Okay. Yep. So the Rams and the Packers are having these feelings as well, where they're like, man, if we had just not lost to that Falcons team, um, you know, and the Rams, uh, the Rams probably have a couple bad losses in there too. They're starting to play some pretty good football, but yeah, the end season turnaround. But again, Sean Payton said yesterday, and he was disappointed. He was pretty pissed Mm -hmm. uh, after this game, but he's like, listen, he didn't say I'm excited. He says, but what I love is everything matters right now. Every meeting we have, every moment we have out there, every game, every practice, everything we do matters right now. And and the, the follow-up question was like, can that be addictive? He's like, well, the winning is the winning can be addictive. Um, the lows at the losing can be, you know, heart wrenching, but you pop up and know that you still have your chance in it. Because like Doug says right here, good morning. The season is not over. Let's enjoy it. Go Broncos. And thank you for the stars, Doug. Appreciate your support over there on Facebook. There's still a lot to enjoy. We're heading to the second week of December, and every game still counts. It's first time for us, Nick. Yeah, it's uh, pretty great to see that, and the Broncos uh, still have a chance. And Scott, you said they we mentioned earlier you probably need to win five in a row. I think you can probably finish four and one down the stretch here with ten wins after the Steelers and the Browns lost. There you go. That's why because the Steelers lost a game that they you didn't think they were going to. However, it was an NFC loss. Yes. Um, but you weren't counting on the Steelers to drop one to Arizona either. And the Browns, to me, the Browns are susceptible. I, I don't think the oh. Browns are going to make the playoffs. No, not at all. I mean, Joe Flacco, God bless him, <laughs> but probably not. And Broncos country, I know it's rough coming off of this game, especially with how chippy. I mean, these two teams played like they did not like each other, which was a lot of fun to see. There was uh, some emotion. on the line. It felt like a playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. It really did feel or like a division game at the end of the season. Uh, but I know that you need to put this away a little bit, but I think you probably need to put on your uh, your Texans hat the rest of the season because they have some opponent common opponents coming up here that they can do some work. I think they play the Steelers still. Uh, they're going to play the Colts again down the stretch. Uh, so probably with the head-to-head here, you're not going to out – you're not going to jump the Texans. So you'd rather the Texans do some of the work for you and knock out some of those teams that are between you and them. And maybe the Texans can finish with the fifth seed and Denver can get in six or seven. Uh, but uh, tough game for sure. Miguel Santa Steven. Good morning, fellas. I wish the refs would get calls right for both teams. It's horrendous. The defensive pass interference was horrible. Uh, the non-call on that one. Uh, the, I got to be honest, Scott, I thought that the slide from Russell Wilson that was called a roughing, uh, unnecessary roughness where he was going down, I thought he went down a little bit late, and I did not think it was a horrible – I mean, they're going to protect the quarterback. You disagree. I disagree. I came out of my seat when I saw that one. I was like – It was very violent. And he came in in with his helmet too. He did everything wrong on that play, and he's going to be a little lighter in the wallet too. He's getting fined. And – if that had been a repeat offender, he's getting suspended. I thought that one was pretty egregious. I thought it was a violent, tough hit, and I thought Wilson went late to the ground. And I understand you need to protect the quarterback late, at the end of the day, but I think you got to protect went feet first. And when he is at a 45 degree angle, when you make contact, you're in the wrong. You're going to get it. You got to at least pull off. And he drove him like yeah. a freaking railroad tie into the ground. I'm glad he's okay. That was egregious, in my opinion. And he's going to get fined. Man, those people in Atlanta these days are so soft. No, I'm just kidding. it was a, uh, I don't know. I think you got to protect yourself a little better than that. The one that I'm just head scratching on is the forward progress call where Samaje P. Ryan obviously fumbled the football. I don't know why. Was that Samaje was Javante? It was Samaje. Okay. It, it was definitely Samaje. Um, I agree. Like, that was tight. Still, that, I don't even think was it was tight. tight. I don't even know if it was tight. That was, he was, he was about to get like three or four more yards That's on a that one. That's like, me. 
that was a fumble. That would have been the game. Yeah, that was funny. Is that the, the rules an analyst comes on and says, "Oh, that ball would have had to come out immediately for it to be a fumble." If it comes out immediately, it's an incomplete pass. Yes. Yeah. I. So again, we're talking about. I mentioned bias. Yeah. Those plays that we start thinking of. Oh, if only this had happened in our favor. Well, John Mechie drops a walk-in touchdown at the end of the half. That was a scoop and score. Broncos got a little lucky on that one. Uh, was it Brevin Jordan? Jordan Brevin. I, I I saw his name. Jordan Brevin or is it Brevin? From Miami. That's all I remember. It's one of the two. But he's a Miami Hurricane. Right after one of the turnovers has a slant or, or coming out of the third quarter has a slant right over the middle. Drops it. Just bang, bang. I mean, dead in the hands. And the safeties had already pinched up. He was 40 more yards downfield on that one. And, and he drops it. Those are the type of things. Again, it went both ways with some of these and Miguel followed up his comment with, uh, with some more stars. So thank you. Thank you for the support. But yeah, there were plays, missed opportunities, questionable calls, both sides on, on both sides. And it was a good tight football game and credit to Broncos country. Cause on the gut reaction last night, everybody was for the most part, there was some people down on Russell Wilson. That happens every game, every loss. You're going to be pissed at your quarterback. But for the most part, it's like, hey, listen, that was a that was a good game. The team fought, had no business even being in it at the end of that game, and it was close and we lost. Let's go win five. Beat the Chargers. Chargers just became must win. Oh, without a doubt. If you can lose one more game, it's only at Detroit, given now you are three and five in conference and how much that's given the conglomerate of teams likely to have 10 wins at the end of the season. Uh, that means that it's probably going to jump to uh, the – conference record i believe rather than head-to-head i think head-to-head only is utilized when it's two teams against each other uh but if it's three i think they go to the conference record i could be mistaken on that i will get closer to see what the scenarios are uh when the time comes but you probably need to you must win this chargers game because it is an afc opponent and losing that one the you you're gonna need a lot of luck down the stretch albert knoppers he says would you guys take zach Ertz as a tight end for a short period I think that Ertz is probably going to a team that is a probably a little bit more of a sure thing in the playoff hunt here. If Denver beat Houston, I think you could have that conversation. I also, as crazy as this is, and I'm not ex- counting on him by any means, but I think Dulcich is going to be activated this week. I would not be shocked at all if and we do see it next week. Maybe, um, but that's one Sorry. just from the roster <laughs> from the roster math perspective. You probably see Dulcich on the active. Uh, this week, I think it sounds like he was close this week, and they used All right, Brandon Johnson. Forget what's going to happen, Nick. Answer the question: Would you take, Would you Zach, take Zach Ertz as a tight end for a short period if he comes dirt cheap? Because I do not think he's very good. I don't think he's much of a difference maker. You like the body type, but he is, you know, a very auxiliary piece at this point. So if he came in close to vet men, sure. If you're having to pay him more than that, I'd honest to God rather carry the money over. The answer for me is yes. Yeah. I'd bring him in and it would be non-guaranteed. So you bring him in, sign him to the practice squad or whatnot, or, and, mm-hmm. and you can, you can use three elevations still towards the end of the season before mm-hmm. you'd have to make a decision. So Albert, the answer for me is yes, I would mm-hmm. absolutely take him. But as Nick said, would he take the Broncos that, that, that becomes a different question. Would I take him? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. I bring him in to compete and see if I can't get more of a passing threat. Going back to you know the final drive, one of the bigger concerns, Nick, on those last three plays, play one, it looked like there was kind of a mix-up because there was a ball going into two, two players at the same time. One of them was Adam Troutman. 
The next one was an overthrow to Cortland Sutton, and the third one was a scramble and pass to Kroll. You know, I mean, how are you drawing this up? And and I saw, uh, I think it was Eli last night on Facebook saying, and, and Cortland Sutton is just backpedaling out of bounds on that play. So it looked like it may have been a setup as maybe a wide receiver screen to the outside. So he can still get out of bounds if you know, fight, 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 and then get knocked out of bounds along the sidelines. But then as he releases, he's, he doesn't ever release with him. Sutton never released with him, which was again, my overall point on this though, is yes, it would be nicer to have a big visible target as a tight end, especially if you're going to be targeting them in the red zone and have better options then Kroll and Troutman. Ertz would be that guy. I agree with you there. I think, again, can you can't on Dulcich is all, but it sounds like, from what I gather, he should be expected to be back here uh, this week, and he will probably factor to be a part of the game plan. Um, can he keep his hamstrings healthy? We will find out, hopefully. Mr. Rocket coming in 199 says, does Sean keep Russ after the season? Sean, Mr. Rocket, thank God we still have five more games to find out. Um, it would be unbelievably expensive for the Broncos to move on from Wilson. And I think that while he is limited in terms of what you can do with him right now, he is playing. Sean has done a good enough job to keep him at about a 10th to 18th best quarterback in the NFL, best output quarterback in the NFL this season. And I think you build on that for another year. Uh, it's probably what I think the direction will be is they're going to probably keep Wilson. And that would be essentially keeping him for two more years because of the fifth day of the league year, this off season, a $37 million salary guarantee kicks in uh roster guarantee kicks in. So that is would carry over the Broncos traded him, um, but they're going to pay for it if they have to release him. So it makes it tough um, with that. But I think it's a two year thing there. Uh, you probably roll with him next year. And I think the Broncos will be hunting aggressively in the draft for a quarterback, not this draft, but the next one. So then you go into Russell's essentially last season with a first round quarterback, as well as Russell Wilson. And if Wilson's great and that quarterback's on the bench for a year, God bless. If not, you have the ability, you know, halfway through the season, make that turn. And then you only move on from Wilson for, I think, I think it's 29 million dead cap, but it's just one year rather, you know, a 48 and a 31 split over two years. Uh, so it becomes a, and we'll see if he stinks down the stretch, we might have to have that conversation. I don't think Sean's having a great time with the style of stuff going on offensively right now, based on who I've spoke with in the building. I think there's some frustrations with what he can call and what he'd like to do where he feel like he can't, um, mm -hmm. so to speak. But uh, yeah, I think it's, we'll have, we have five games left uh, to figure that out. The quick passing game is just, it's just not really there. And you and, saw and, it from CJ Stroud. Remember yes. just real quick and I'll turn it back over. Hmm. Uh, and then I have another point for Mr. Rocket. Yeah. Uh, PJ lock comes in on a blitz. And there was, I don't, I don't remember, it may have been Brevin again, uh, steps right Brevin. into where, where yeah. PJ Lock was lined up, turns and stops, and there wasn't anybody within 15 yards of him. You know, CJ Stroud yeah. sees it, here comes, where's my hot raid? Bang, bang. It's out. That's not happening. Russell's trying to make this guy miss and then look downfield or run, and uh, that's a problem. And then real quick, Nick, Mr. Rocket, here's a question the Broncos country you're going to have to ask yourselves. You are tied to Russell Wilson's money for the next two years. Are you better off with Russell Wilson's money and Russell Wilson? Or are you better off with a cheap quarterback and Russell Wilson's money? Because you are tied to Russell Wilson's money for the next two years. Period. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
I mean, you're probably keeping Wilson in that extent, uh, but we will see how it looks out down the stretch. I, again, uh, five more games. Thank God for that. Uh, you want to get a full uh, sample size here. And this was a tough game. Unfortunately, we talked about it coming in. This was not a very good passing uh, defense. And I felt like the Broncos didn't do great in taking advantage of that in the end. Now, part of the passing defensive numbers were prior to Derek Stingley coming back and we saw him make some incredible plays on this one. So that does matter. It's kind of like if we look at the broader sample size, well, the Broncos are the worst defense in football. Well, since week six, they haven't been the worst defense. So uh, things change as the season goes on. It's not always the most indicative, but you are what your overall stats say you are. Uh, the point I wanted to get to here, Scott, too, and I wanted you to add to this. Yeah, so we'll come back to you, Rattlesnake Master. Yeah. A good question here. We talked about the uh, the Broncos and Russell Wilson and the struggles in the quick game, but a lot of the passing charts, Scott, if we pulled up the, you know, the spray chart um, from Russell Wilson in this one, you'd see some ones down the field, but it would be not a lot of intermediates. It would look like a lot of short passes. So what is the difference between the the appearance of the short passing game versus what a quick passing game actually is? Because I agree with you, but I think when you look at the the basic stats, it looks like the Broncos are hammering the quick passing game. Mm-hmm. Well, it isn't quick. It's, it's delayed screens. It's dump offs and check downs. It's not first read to my slot or my outside and let them work in space that that mm-hmm. the quick passing game is three step three step drop fire that's the quick passing game is is the ball is coming out quickly not where you are targeting the ball's not coming out quickly ever ever and who does uh, that make it hard for it's checkdowns and it's screens is your short passing game and screens to the backs, not even screens to your receivers. That's a mm-hmm. quick passing game because that has to come out quick to get a screen to to the outside. So there's very little one, two, three, boom. That that's the quick passing game, and that is really not happening in this offense. And who does that hurt? Who does that make it hard for? <laughs> not having it on there, it, it's it's lots of things. I mean, it, it makes. You can stack the box a little bit more like that. You invite more pressure when you do stuff like that. It makes it harder to run when you do things like that. It's It it eliminates what Jerry Judy would do best, Mm -hmm. um, I I think. But again, how much of this is on Jerry Judy? His body language is bad. You know, I I don't know. I don't don't excuse, well, Jerry Judy was here. I, I don't excuse Jerry Judy in all this either. You know, we've, we've, we've seen enough of Jerry Judy to know that he's no freaking angel. Yeah. I will say I'd be frustrated too. Um, given that he is, I think beating his man pretty often. And even when he is a part of the, the read, uh, based on watching the game, it's not getting to him. Some of that is the timing stuff. I mean, the three-step drop stuff. If you put, again, I keep using this example, but I think as far as a drop back pass game, nobody is doing as well as Dak Prescott is right now. If you put Jerry Judy with Dak Prescott, um, I think that he would probably be a thousand yard receiver because of the style of play and the spacing there. I mean, the ability to three-step drop. I already know what my guy is. He's beat him at the line. Boom. I'm hitting him. He's going to get it in a place where it's catchable and I'm protecting him. Two things that Russell Wilson struggles with in the quick game. Um, so I get the frustrations now. Granted, is there a, son- a sense of m- maturity issues when you're acting like that on the field? For sure. For sure. Um, but, uh, it's a, uh, I understand the frustration to an extent rather he keeps it a little internalized, but I think it's also coming from a point where he is beating his guy. He's doing his assignment and it's not getting to him. I'd be frustrated too. And I can't get a wide receiver screen because I can't get an, I can't run an outside screen with my lineman. Mm. You know, I, I need my tackles to be able to get outside, you know, the quick pass game. What if I went three step drop, 
let's say I go trips left, okay? Mm -hmm. And the, the middle receiver at the snap drops three steps back from the line of scrimmage, fire. That's a quick passing game. Now I got two wide receivers blocking, but I don't have a lineman that can get out there. The outside screen game is non-existent for this team, and Sean Payton wants to run a lot of screens. Yeah. Why is the screenplay not working? This is still personnel for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that that's ever going to get better because you're pretty much tied to who you got on the offensive line. It's, yeah, it'll I mean, be better through reps, but not to where he wants it to be. The offensive line outside of center is essentially set um, for the next, the rest of the season, next season, barring injury and something and happening. Who's your most mobile offensive lineman? Hell, it might be Cushenberry. It might be Cushenberry. Quinn Miners is moving pretty well right now, although he's he's playing at like twenty five pounds heavier than he was last season. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a tank and he's yeah. active, but I don't know that he's okay. Yeah. Let's get out and lead a screen pass right now. Yeah, and some of it was I think this game, the Broncos tried to go a little bit more shotgun uh, pass oriented because of the metrics from the Texans, but I don't think the Broncos are a good enough offense in terms of being a chameleon and basing who they are on what the defense's weaknesses are because of how Russell Wilson plays. There's a certain style and game plan that you have to lean into uh, with the run game. I also wonder if some of it is trying to protect Javante Williams because you need him down the stretch and he's getting absolutely obliterated with some of these runs here. Uh, but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to follow. Rattlesnake Master of 999 says, just time I've been upset about this game. First, First time, time I've been upset about this game in a while, which I suppose is a good thing. To me, this game really highlighted Russ's flaws. Don't want to overreact, but it's time to move on. It's possible the Broncos move on. I think that right now he's played well enough within the parameters of the offense that I think you probably do keep him for two years. And I'm a big Russ critic. I try to be not too much like where some people are just outright haters. I probably lean towards a little bit more harsh than the average uh, just because, I don't know, most of my people I see are the uh, you know gung-ho Broncos countries folks. So probably I'm going to be a little bit harder than them. Uh, but yeah, the I don't think it's fully on time to, to move on from him, but the quick pass game was a struggle in this one. And even though the Broncos um, felt like we could have run the ball, obviously a little bit better in this one, they did lean into the run game. I mean, you had more rush attempts than pass attempts. Uh, so again, you are kind of leaning into limiting Russ as far as a volume perspective. And you still had the three turnovers, not all his fault, but the efficiency certainly lacks. So yeah, there was, there was flaws in this one um, from Russell Wilson, no doubt. I think the Broncos playing on the road, I uh, heard this one as well. We talked about how amazing last week. I know there's a lot of Denver fans there, but it was different than in terms of the offense getting on the field and being able to get to the line where it's quiet and do a lot of audibles. I didn't feel that you had the same ability to get to checks pre-snap because of the road environment. So we'll see if that changes. So hope, luckily, the Broncos, while they do have uh, road games going forward, you want to talk about a non-road road game, the Chargers <laughs> is hopefully going to be quiet when the Broncos are on the field. Uh, but yeah, I'm not fully on the Russ has to go uh, train right now. I think again, like we talked about for me, I think it's more likely you keep him another two years and you are hunting for a quarterback to develop under him. And if he struggles, then maybe you uh, pull the plug. Yeah. And again, rattlesnake master the, uh, and I want to get to Troy after this, cause he mentions the road woes mm -hmm. you're paying Russell Wilson the next two years. So is it Russell Wilson and or is it Russell Wilson and his salary, or is it his salary and another quarterback? You're tied to him financially for two years, whether he's playing or not. How much is that going to hamper you? Is it worth again? And I agree with Nick. I, I draft quarterback this year, hundred percent. Maybe mm -hmm. not be the. I might not. I'm not going to reach for one, but I'm drafting one for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know who the third quarterback is. Is it Danucci? He's been a non-factor. Russ has stayed pretty healthy. 
Um, you know, there's some people that will call for Stidham right away. I don't think Stidham's the answer. Um, but I'm drafting one, and then I, I would look at a first-rounder if, if he's available either this year or next year. Um, and Troy says, and it, which, is, which is a little bit scary here, he says, hey, guys, same comment as last night. So glad to be relevant in December. We're playing awful on the road and could have won. Still feel like could improve and playing, uh, keep playing uh, best in December years. Yeah. It, the scary thing is four of your last six games are on the road. You know, mm -hmm. so you better get it together. But as Nick said, those aren't exactly the most daunting road challenges. I'll tell you where, if you have trouble playing on the road, you're you're going to have trouble is December 16th at Detroit. That's yeah. going to be loud, loud. That's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be super loud. And looking at offenses, you did a pretty good, you did a really good job with this Denver, with this, uh, Texans offense. I think, I think the Detroit offenses might be a little better than the Texans overall. They're different. Um, they're more offensive line. They're a little more balanced is, is, is yeah. where it comes down to. Less likely to hit the explosives, and uh, that was a big issue early in this game. And I did want to talk a little bit about the defense uh, still before we start to wrap it on up here. Uh, Alex Singleton with the – where are you at on the Alex Single, Singleton penalty uh, where it was the false start – on fourth and two and because of that uh you have the texan score a touchdown could be the difference in the game you never know how it plays out if it's, it was a four point swing you don't engage the quarterback i think it's that simple you gotta it's, be smarter it's that, than that simple um there's a was either I, I think it was iverson way way back in the day iverson got charged with a felony called mayhem for inciting a riot basically it was a fight in a bowling alley and it was a felony charge that's what made me think of this it's not that if he does that with an offensive lineman, nobody cares. Nobody cares. If you do that to the quarterback, you've incited something with all the other the 10 other team players on the team. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a big hoop to do. But that that penalty was actually thrown pretty quick. You you don't engage the quarterback. They're protected. They're they're a protective stat. It was it roughing, was it any of this? You just don't do it. You just, I you think just can't. I think really they probably should have called uh, offsetting personal fouls by both of them because or excuse me, uh, Stroud did come up and engage in headbutt, helmet to helmet, uh, get in the face of Singleton, and then Singleton pushed. That drew the f the flag. Probably the engagement from Stroud should have drawn an offsetting one, given them both a personal foul. In my I'm opinion, the quarterback. Are you kidding me, Coach? Again, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I fifty years, man. Singleton's got to be smarter than that in that situation. And I get it; they're competitors. Uh, I probably would have preferred again the offsetting because he it wasn't just out of nowhere. He engaged. Uh, so hey, guys, don't do this. Here's the flag on both. If you do it again, you're out. Yeah. Um, so I that's don't think what it I, was egregious. I don't think no. it was. Oh my god, what are you thinking, you moron? I think it was. Yeah, you should have known better. You can't do that in that situation yeah. on fourth and but two. Also, I mean that's awful. Yeah, I. I think it was awful because you got to know your situation there and I get you're a competitor, but it's fourth and two. That's the quarterback. Don't do it. Uh, that's, I think, I think it is, was boneheaded um, from Singleton. Uh, and I know he's got a couple more super chats, but Scott, I've been hemming and hawing and harping for months now about the Broncos run defense. This might've been their best game as a unit from the run defense we've seen all season. Now, granted Houston has not been great running the football this season with, um, Singleton or uh, Singletary and uh, Pierce. Uh, but I did want to give a shout out to this Broncos run defense this week. I think Mike Purcell had his best game 
of the entire year in run defense. Uh, the Texans only getting three yards per carry on 30 rushing attempts, I think was pretty damn uh, phenomenal from them. And because of their ability on run defense, we were able again to get, as I like to say, you got to eat your dinner to get to dessert. We saw that this week with the Broncos with some of their pass rush looks. I mean, because of their third and longs and their ability there, you see PJ Locke getting in on the action. You see, uh, Jaquan McMillan, who I was like, I want to see a little bit more pass rushing from the slot, gets that strip sack that doesn't end up a fumble recovery, but still a great play. Uh, Broncos, if they can be a little bit better on early downs going forward next year, I'm really excited to see what Vance Joseph can do with some of these pressure packages because they were cooking uh, in that regard. Shout out. You don't get there without the run run defense doing their job on first and second down. I thought Purcell had his best game. I thought Jonathan Harris had his best game. Um, you know, where it looked like, okay, this is somebody I can, I can count on. The problem is, is I don't think I get that 17 games a year. The consistency we know we don't. there, the sample size, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we've and, seen and, enough. Yeah. And on, on the other side of that, I'm starting to see some of the DJ Jones detractors to a little bit. I don't think he's playing as effectively as he did last year, no. but I think Zach Allen is playing better at a, at a near all pro bowl type of level right now as a pass on, on the defensive line. Yeah. I do think this was a game though, that. Unfortunately, what was the big key for this one for me coming into the game? What was the one thing I said? You cannot do this. If you lose this, you're going to lose the game. Explosive plays. Uh, the Texans, I think, outpaced the Broncos in explosive plays seven to five. Um, luckily for Denver, two 50-yard completions from the Texans early in the game did not result in touchdowns um, on that exact play. I don't know what happened later on the drives. Uh, but the explosive plays were an issue. Fabian Moreau down the field, some miscommunication uh, with PJ Locke was an issue there as well. Hopefully that gets a little bit straightened out going forward because overall I think he's been a positive impact on the defense, but the explosive plays stunk, but I did want to give a shout out. I've been very critical of the run defense this season, and I think they turned in their best game of the season. So if we're going to be, you know, loud and, you know, shaking our hands up on here, when we see something bad, when they correct it, we better damn well come on here and give them their flowers. So did want to give that to the run defense. Uh, you can say we're over the top with some of the analytics or, you know, some maybe emphasizing something too much, but when they turn it around, we better damn well come on here and give them credit. So shout out to the run defense. Good performance from them. Well, I go see to the pants analytics. I do the eye test and then Nick checks it against the uh, the actual, the numbers of people who are putting numbers to the eye test. Rattlesnake master follows up. He goes, you know, do you, I want Russell Wilson and, and scraping by nine and 10 wins or moving on and trying to make some serious moves? I don't see Russell Wilson taking us to the Super Bowl. Just a thought. And, and again, Rattlesnake master, what, what do you consider serious moves? Because serious moves would involve free agency to try and, and make a move and you can't do it. You're, you're, you're tied to Russell getting rid of Russell Wilson does not help one penny in free agency. Not a one. It helps so you. You're talking about in 2026. You're talking about tanking 2024, throwing all of this away, going into 2024 and hoping to get a rookie quarterback and maybe starting to come back. You're still tied to Russell Wilson's contract in 2025, reloading again with another high pick tanking 2024 and 2025 to hopefully be somewhere in 2026. I'd rather take my chances with being as competitive as possible, drafting a quarterback in each of those years, if need be, and seeing if I can hit on one of those guys. Um, Again, you're tied to Russell Wilson. The, The money is there, whether he is your quarterback or not. You can't make any serious moves without going. Your serious moves would be a top five pick couple years in a row, and that's going to be some 2-15 and 15 teams. And by that point, you've lost Sean Payton, too, and you're starting completely over. I just I, – I just I, – I don't see that 
I don't see a scenario where moving on from Russell Wilson becomes this is going to get us to where we want to be faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a this doubt. This year, anyway, because again, year. you're 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 tied to his contract. And we had a chance uh, to see if the Broncos one in five pace to start the season continued. You have the ability to rip the bandaid off and move on from the core that you have established right now. Garrett Bowles, Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons, DJ Jones. I think there's even another contract in the Jerry Judy, obviously Russell Wilson. Uh, these are ones that if you continued that terrible pace to start the season, all right, we're washing our hands. We're going to try to get the cap as good as possible. Mm-hmm. We're gearing up for a rebuild and hopefully getting out cap healthy and aggressive 2026. Now that you've played this way, I think right. it's probably more likely you are doing some contract extension slash restructuring, not of Russell Wilson, but of some of these other core guys on here. And you are seeing what you can do going forward. Most, I mean, things can change till Broncos lose every game down the stretch here, all five. Maybe it's a different conversation. We still have five games to go. That is a meaningful sample size. But you know what's meaningful for me? Gary Palmer coming in, 1999 Super Chat. Gary, thank you so much, man. You are, you're a real one. We always appreciate you coming in and keeping the lights on for us. Uh, obviously, I got the little guy uh, on the way here in about a uh, month and a half. So uh, any Super Chats are greatly appreciated. This is a Nick's diaper fund. Um, not for <laughs> me, uh, for the little guy. Although the Broncos games are going to make me start wearing diapers uh, as well. Scott, final question I want to get to here since we're late and we started late as well. And I have a doctor's appointment here to get to. Uh, if you had to blame it on one area, this losing this game, what would it be? And I'll give mine first. Um, I know that because of how they fought back in the second half, uh, that people are kind of going to wave over it. But I think the offense in the first half lost this game. You cannot come out that. That's impotent. a big area. I was trying to go more specific. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to go through the numbers of how mm-hmm. just ineffective they were in that first half. And you get down defense, uh, bad punt, also terrible punt that a block punt. I think Will Anderson again, there's that man again. Um, God, he's unbelievable. Uh, but the Broncos offense did not help their defense at all. Here's your first drive play summaries, Scott, three plays from the Broncos offense, three plays, seven yards, punt, three plays, negative four yards, punt, four yards, 20 yards, punt, five plays, 25 yards, punt. Then you get a 13 play 56 yard, only getting a field goal. Uh, that is not enough from your offense. That is putting your defense out there constantly. That is bad field position. The Broncos came into this game over their winning streak, having far and away the best field position in the NFL, starting at, I think, their own 34 uh, average, which is just, I think it might even be 37, which is just wild, Scott. You don't see that at all. Most teams are like from like 26 to 20. Um, and then this game, the Broncos, I think, in the first half, averaged on the 23-yard line, excluding the last drive, which was just a one-play kneel down. Uh, so offense, you got to come out more life uh, with more life than that. You put yourself in a hole. You can't play the game you want when you do that. It was too much, too little, too late uh, for me on the offense. You can't be that bad this, to start. This this game, I said it last night, was a microcosm of the season. Slow start came up just short. Is that how the season's going to finish? The slow start's going to doom you to missing the playoffs by a game because you started one and five. If we can, that's a, that's exactly what happened in this game. I was going to try and be a little more specific, and I was just going to say the the rushing offense, the rushing game, yeah. is where I would put the blame on this year. Inability to rush the ball exposed some other weaknesses for this team. Um, it gets your game plan is run, 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 play action, boot, all those kind of things. Well, that goes out the window when you can't run the ball effectively. And yeah. I still feel like you would have had more success running the ball. A couple of those shots open things up that you missed on early, including the refs missing the pass interference and Cortland Sutton dropping that ball. 
I think those change the game. It changes the way the game is it changes the score for sure. Mm -hmm. You're getting points out of those drives and it changes the way it, it changes everything, man. You hit on those two plays, everything changes the way you can attack, the way you're being defended, the way their offense is attacking you because the score has changed, how you can stick to your game plan. It opens up the running game. Instead, you have to start passing a little bit more. So a couple of missed opportunities, I would say, was the biggest culprit in the yeah. Broncos loss. Yeah, and uh, did want to give a shout-out to the other side. Uh, Nico Collins had an unbelievable game for the Texans. Tank Dell hopefully uh, done for the season. We'll see what that means for them. But Nico Collins going nine receptions, 191 yards, and a touchdown on 12 targets. Everybody was victimized, too. I'm like, Who, who'd they yeah. get this? I'm like, well, okay, first time, Moreau's on him. Second time, Mathis is on him. Hey, there's McMillan. There's uh, Sertan. It looks like a blown assignment of some kind. Where he passed off. Has, Should have been passed off. You know, yeah, yeah, where he thinks he has safety help. Um, but 200 yards on one receiver? Come on. Yeah. Um, Garth Knight asks, does anyone ever figure out why Danucci was activated? Was Stidham inactive? I don't think so. I'm then curious if Stidham had like if he's on um, if he's on the 53, he can be the emergency quarterback. This makes me think one of two things: either Stidham was sick or had a uh, undisclosed injury. Maybe something else was going where they maybe wanted to have him there, or Broncos got wind of somebody sniffing around and wanted to uh, protect Danucci. Maybe um, that. How much does that matter? Because he knows the offense, Scott. Somebody's gonna the Chargers are gonna grab him, and then they have uh, what the Broncos want to do. Two games, Brandon Staley, the mastermind, right? <laughs> we went through this with with Rippin. Why is he ever gonna start for you? No, then let him go. I you never know um, with some of that stuff. These coaches are uh, crazy guys. And Nash coming in last one before we really do gotta go. I get all the critics and I get the uncertainty on Russ. We have won five of six games and beat teams we haven't beaten in years. Broncos country, let's relax and be proud. Go Broncos. Lots of game left. Yes, it hurts. The loss hurts, but it hurts good. We asked for mm -hmm. competency after one and five start. Who to think? Who'd have thought that we'd be sitting here at 500 and a really tough game against a very good opponent on the road in Houston hurts this bad and talk about a missed opportunity? I mean, this is what we were hoping for to, to have games hurt like this again. Yeah. So Broncos are competent. Um, we have competent football. We're playing for something. There are stakes and things matter here down the stretch and they still have control. Um, this was a missed opportunity. I would argue not as much of a missed opportunity as losing to the Raiders and the commanders early on, but alas, hindsight, you are what you are. You're six and six. You still got a chance. And I think this team is going to be very hungry coming out of this one as well. I think you're going to go back on the tape and they're going to see blown assignments, missed execution. They are a much better team than they played uh, in a lot of the, the areas of this one. So I'm expecting them to be still very hungry, not disheartened, uh, refocused and ready for a five game stretch that they're going to have a shot to make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with Naj. And this goes back to rattlesnake masters points on, you know, go moving on from Russ. You move on from Russ when you're ready to blow everything up at one and four after losing to the jets. I was, I was done. Uh, I was like five weeks impatient. I was like, okay, now it's time. You're going to have to blow all. You've played your way out of that. You've played your way out of, we're going to trade everything we've got just for salary cap relief at the trade down. You tra you played your way out of that into meaningly meaning meaningful football where you can compete with anybody out there. So now mm -hmm. it's going to be time to supplement, to improve your areas of weakness, which doesn't take a ton of resources to do that. And it's, it's exciting. This is, this is a lot more fun. So I agree with you hundred percent Naj, And that's why we're saying, you can't just move on from Russell Wilson without a replacement because this team is competitive yep. and it's fun. And Michael Rankio closing us out on Facebook. 
Thank you, sir. He says, great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Sorry we're late. Hopefully we made up for you. You know, we, we start going about 9.45 Eastern time on Mondays. Um, and then we'll get in the full hour and we will be back tomorrow to hit on some more of these things. So thank you all so much. Yeah, appreciate everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, make sure you're following Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on the metaverse, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And if you haven't done so yet, as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle over on YouTube. Like this show, like all our shows and share on your social media platforms. It helps us a heck of a lot. Not everybody's in a position to be as, I don't want to use the word philanthropic, just as generous, uh, especially this time of year as, you know, Rattlesnake Master, Mr. Rocket, Miguel Santa Steven, just keep punching out, James Todd, Doug Reichel, Cito Boy, Richard, uh, Richard, I can't pronounce your last name. I love you. Thank God. Uh, Michael Ronquillo, Naj coming in here too. Garth Knight, uh, you guys killed it for us. Gary Palmer, of course. Troy Boer, uh, you guys wouldn't have the show without you. Wouldn't have the show without you either. Scott, appreciate you. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? No, uh, like I said, kind of a microcosm. Hopefully, instead of coming up short, you finish the season like the middle of the season and you're still in it final week playing for a playoff spot. Your destiny is still in your hands, Broncos country. When you're in, mm -hmm. let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, have a great rest of your day. Tough loss, but it hurts good. It hurts good. Uh, appreciate everyone. Have a good one. Can Choose kindness and compassion, as always. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>